It's time for the Stock Car Show on the Performance Motorsports Network. Powered by the staff at Race Chaser Online. Your motorsports, your way, every day. And now, here's your host, Tom Baker. Good evening, everyone. And welcome to another edition of the Stock Car Show presented by our fine folks, friends at HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety, where we happen to be sitting right now on uh, location at HMS Motorsport here in Mooresville, North Carolina, and happy to be here for the first of several remotes that we're going to be doing with HMS. And we do have, for those of you who have been listening to this show for a while, you wonder, do you have a Facebook Live safety seminar? Yes, we do. That will take place at 8 o'clock Eastern. So let all of your friends know we are going to be talking about uh, seatbelt installation and seats and how to do it right and uh, going to be doing some demonstrations. So you're going to want to tune to the HMS Motorsport Facebook Live and also to the three wide, pardon me, three wide life Facebook Live. Uh, so if you're not um, if you're not on either of those pages, go to HMS Motorsport Facebook page and and uh, three wide life Facebook page and make sure that you like both pages. That's where we will be broadcasting from at 8 p.m. this evening. So with that, we've got a couple of special guests on. Location here with us, a couple of the Drive for Diversity racers, Ryan Vargas back with us once again, and Chase Cabry with us as well. We'll be talking with both of them uh, throughout the evening, and we have R.J. Valentine coming up at uh, 8.15, and looking forward to talking with R.J. If you're not familiar with who he is, he is a championship, former championship racer, uh, and now in the safety realm, and has manufactured the impact safety systems racer barrier system and so we're going to be talking with uh rj about his racing and about uh the system that he's put together i've seen these barriers in action really really interesting concept and they work very very well so looking forward to talking to rj as well jacob sealman hi once again uh joining us uh of course as always my co-host for the show and um and also your worst nightmare but chris, we don't talk about that <laughs> and chris murdoch as well who is actually filming the show uh believe it or not so uh we're prepping for an eventual move to video here live stream we're going to stay on pmn of course but you'll eventually be able to watch us doing the radio show here at some point down the road and uh looking forward to tonight's show jacob newswire <laughs> kind of, <laughs> kind of, sort of blew up. Yeah. Um, can, I, can I can I pick the one to start? Yeah, go ahead. You pick because I'm not sure where I want to go first here. <laughs> I'm sure where I want to go first, and go that ahead. I'll and give you that. and that is remember that big red button that you and Steve Ovens from Motorsports Madness kept wanting to press. Oh, yeah. And I kept and I kept saying no, pass, wait, no. no, wait. Let's let's explain to our audience here for well, those of you who may not be the Madness audience. Okay, yeah. The big red button is the panic button, and Steve Ovens from our Monday Night Motorsports Madness show has been saying we should be pushing the Jimmy Johnson panic button as of I for the last two or three weeks. And, and I well, kept saying week, no, but this week anybody besides me who 
had not yet wanted to hit the panic button, wants to hit the panic button now. Why? Because, well, <laughs> the bombshell to end most bombshells got dropped in the middle of the week, and Lowe's Companies is no longer going to be the sponsor on the Hendrick Motorsports number 48 Chevrolet Camaro ZL1, nor are they going to be a sponsor on any NASCAR vehicle in 2019. They're leaving the sport now. After this year. Yes, after yes. I, I said in 2019. They're not leaving. Yes, yes. Anyway, everybody else wants to panic. Well, <laughs> number one, I'm not worried about Rick Hendricks' ability to find sponsorship for Jimmy Johnson. I, I have it on good faith from several people close to Hendrick Motorsports that there have been sponsors knocking those doors down or trying to for years, and there's been no inventory until now. Number two, you look at the housing sector, you look at Lowe's as a company, you look at what they're trying to do, all of that, there's a lot of turmoil right now. Lowe's is trying to, I guess, for lack of a better term, find themselves again. And I don't feel like that, you know, with all the money they're spending on NASCAR, which is reported to be upwards of $25 million a year, that just doesn't make sense anymore with where they are as a company. They're trying to get back on solid ground. The housing sector's trying to get back on solid ground. Everybody wants to go, oh, this is a performance thing because Jimmy's sucked for the last 10 races. No, it's not. I'm sorry. This is a business decision, so nobody should be concerned about, oh, Jimmy's been bad for a handful of races. This is this is nothing more than Lowe's needing to make the best decision for themselves, and anybody that thinks Hendrick Motorsports should be panicking because they're not going to have sponsorship next year, I got news for you. No, not at all. Rick Hendrick's going to have that sold in about 28 minutes. Well, I, I don't know about all that, but I, I do know that you are right about one thing. Jimmy Johnson has pretty much sucked for about the last 10 races. Um, it's just been a, a, a bad time for the yeah, pretty much. team. And, and, you know, even last week at a track where Hendrick actually had a few cars that looked pretty good. Including Jimmy at times. Um, they all, at the end of the day, they were basically all, most of them anyway, down the finish order. They were in the top 14, but... Which, I mean, I hate I when you when you can say that a, a top fourteen is almost like progress, um, you know that's kind of bad. Can we all remind ourselves that we were saying the thing the same thing about most of the Toyotas last year at this stage of the season, I and wasn't. look that's what okay. happened from there. The Toyotas were mediocre the first part of last season, just like the Chevys yeah, are now. This, see, I would I would agree with you, Jacob, and would be right there on board, except for one thing. This is a little bit of a different situation because... How Hendrick is it a different situation? Be, All the because, Chevys have not been because good. Because this didn't start at Daytona in 2018. Jimmy Johnson wasn't that good late in 2017, and neither was the 88 car with Junior. He had a terrible year, his his last year, last year. Um, I mean, it's this did not start. If this started at Daytona, I would buy the excuse that, okay, well, it's the new bodies, et cetera. But I, there's more wrong there than just the new Camaro body, in my opinion, because well, this goes back to late last These Hendrick cars are not the only Chevys that are not good right now. That's just correct. saying. I, I just think there's the Hendrick situation and then there's the the other Chevys. But I do Kyle believe Larson's doing fine. Well, not really. Yeah, he's run in the top ten most of it, you know, but the finishes for Larson have not been there either. Larson's been slow. He's not been 
strikingly slow, but he's not been what you're used to seeing him be either. Just saying. Everybody's a little bit off in the bow tie camp right now. That's all there is to it. And the deal with Jimmy is the hard part there is keep in mind, we're basing this off a guy who's won 83 races and seven championships. Everybody goes through dry spells. It's just taken Jimmy a whole lot longer in his career to go through a dry spell than everybody else. Well, and I'm not necessarily disagreeing, but what I look at is how do you perform, not just how do you finish. And the last part of last season, especially when it came down to the end, when they had to come from behind, mm-hmm. they just, I mean, they well, were they're the not used to coming from behind. That's the problem. That, well, exactly. And that's an issue. And I don't, and I said at the beginning of the year, the dynasty's dead. You're not going to see that team go out and have big seasons the way they used to. This is a situation where they're going to have to learn to play from behind a little bit because the competition level right now, there are more cars with more teams that can run up front and win races in 2018 than there have been in many years in the Cup Series. So what? You're saying they can't learn how to go out and do what Kevin Harvick's doing no, right I'm now? I'm saying they're going to have to. That's all I'm saying. Exactly. They're, they're going I'm to not, have to do that, and I'm, we haven't they're, seen They're it. not going to go out and win two or three more championships in a row. Not at all. But I don't believe that they can't learn how to go out and reel off a string of two or three wins in a row like what Kevin Harvick's doing right now. I don't see it, but we'll, we'll see. In fact, I, that what Kevin Harvick's done, Kevin Harvick, is, this was, to me, a, a perfect storm for him because Maybe. he came out of the box strong. Atlanta is always a big track for him. Phoenix, he practically owns the place. And Fontana is also a good Harvick track. So for me, this just happens to be one of those situations where he just came out on fire, and there's three really good tracks for him right at the beginning of the season. He gets to Martinsville. I know he's won there before, but and he's recently not nearly, too. He's won there, before. but he's not nearly as unbeatable at Martinsville or on a short track as he no, is on the that, mile and a half. So. No, but it doesn't mean he can't win. Just like it doesn't right. mean he can't win this weekend I at Fontana, well, where I, he's finished second I two of the last three years. By the way, I picked him to win at Fontana, and I believe he will win Fontana. He's going to get four in a row, absolutely, and then not win Martinsville. Maybe. That's well, my, that's my prediction. We'll see. I mean, It'll be interesting. Just saying. It's, that's it's my been, two cents. But Lowe's leaving the sport leaves basically a FedEx big hole. Yeah. FedEx is now FedEx and Geico to a smaller monetary extent yeah. because, you know, Jermaine right. is not Geico asking is the the same amount Kroger, I suppose, via its many multitude yeah, of brands. But still- um, but th- those are really the only three partners left in the sport that are of a basically full-time nature. I want to include Mars M&Ms in there to some extent because they do sponsor 30 of 36. And I think probably would sponsor more if not for the coaches extreme loyalty to interstate batteries as a founding partner of that 18 team. And God bless him for that. But at the end of the day there, the, the age of, basically full-time primary sponsors in NASCAR is basically dead. It's you're not going to see what we've, what we saw in the early two thousands and even up through about 2008, 2009 business. just isn't like that anymore. You've seen it with most of the teams. Hendrick will adapt. They'll be okay. Oh, I'm not worried about the sponsorship side at all. The 48 will be just fine. It'll take 
a multitude of sponsors to get to Lowe's dollars, what they're spending Absolutely. now, if, if that's where Hendrick wants to still be. But mm-hmm. but they'll I'm sure they'll be fine, but they, they still got a major performance yeah. issue over there, so I'm still pushing the panic button. We'll step aside when we come back. More news, much more conversation. Ryan Vargas, Chase Cabry to come. And we've also got a safety seminar at 8 o'clock that you will not want to miss. If you know any race drivers, make sure you let them know. Tune in to Performance Motorsports Network or go to Facebook Live, either HMS Motorsport or 3 Wide Life, because uh, we're going to have that at the top of the hour. And RJ Valentine as well to talk about uh, track barriers. And with that, we step aside. We'll come back. More of the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport around the turn on the Performance Motorsports Network. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute, in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444, Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! (gasps) It's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Here's an important message from Rad and this station. Hi, this is Bob Sheehan from Blues Traveler for Rad, recording artists against drunk driving. I like to party just as much as the next guy, maybe even more. But the one thing I won't do after I've had a few is get in the car and drive. Don't blow it. Always choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives and so should you. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. Hi, I'm Noah Gregson. 
and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. Hey, we're going to Martinsville next week where the Granddaddy Watch became yeah, maybe be infamy. Watch. <laughs> I don't think that's how that works. <laughs> well, I think you figured that out pretty quick. Yeah. Well, he'll never live it down. <laughs> no, because we won't let him. That's right. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport. We are live on location at HMS Motorsport here this evening. Safety seminar coming up at 8 o'clock on Facebook Live, 3 Wide Life, and HMS Motorsport. Take your pick. Either way, tune in and give it a watch. And, of course, you can hear it here on PMN as well. And also, we have Chase Cabry and Ryan Vargas with us on location. And I'm going to start with Ryan, uh, and then I'll go to Chase. Ryan, you've got a race coming up in a couple of weeks. Of course, you guys both ran the opening race for the K&M Pro East Series at New Smyrna. And now you're going to get to jump in one of the rev racing, I think both of you, right? And to jump in one of the rev racing late models and uh, go to Langley. Yeah, it'll be really cool. It'll be our first time, really, all four of the real rev, of the rev drivers at the shop, really. It'll be me, Chase, Ruben, and Nick. Nick will be driving a late model as well. So it'll be really cool to race with all three of those guys and get my first ever start in a late model stock at late Langley. Now, uh, Chase, you we, we've talked to Ryan a little bit, but you actually uh, had... I think what a power steering issue or something in the opening race. Talk a little bit about your uh, new Smyrna event. Cause I know it didn't go the way that you would have liked it to. No, uh, it was, wasn't a good start to, to the season. Uh, we, we started and uh, I want to say it was 12th or so and worked our way on the outside up to about seventh or seventh or eighth. And, um, and then we had a power steering issue and uh, that kind of set us behind the eight ball and it was just kind of hanging on for points. It was, miserable out there for a hundred laps dealing with that but um that's part of it. it's part of racing you can't you know you can't expect all Built these things muscle. yeah yeah there's, there's a lot i gotta be like donkey kong in there to be able to handle that thing wimp i thought there's... you spent time in the gym chase come on now <laughs> he lies a lot Ooh, well R- ryan would be able to corroborate if chase is lying or not is he lying no, no, he's ryan's gonna he's plead the fifth on that <laughs> he's making me look dumb <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's hard. <laughs> Ooh, see, I knew, I knew it would. I, it wouldn't take three minutes for that to start. Of course not. <laughs> Go ahead, Jacob. Ask a question. Oh boy, Ryan, do you feel like less of a rookie now that you've got, at least got one race under your belt? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I saw him shaking his head in the corner, but definitely right. not. Right. I mean, every track I'm going to, it's my first time there, and every time i'm in the car it's a first time as well so every time every time i go to the racetrack it's something new whether it be in the late model or in the canine car but it's gonna be a real big learning experience this entire year but i feel like my crew booker and glenn and i are gonna put be able to put some solid runs together chase for you come back as a second year as the veteran old guy the old guy well actually i think in age too you're the oldest one of the Ruben's older older than you well You're, you're still basically the veteran here. So for you last year, it was polls, polls. And seconds. And, well, just not quite being able to get to victory lane, exactly like Tom said. Yeah, uh, we had some some decent runs uh, last year, kind of like what what Ryan was just saying. Uh, you kind of dealt with the issue of, of being new to every track we went to and, and being new overall to, to every situation. But, um, you know, we were, like I said, we were able to put together two poles, uh, a second place, a third, a fourth. And um, I think this year we'll be able to go out and pick up some W's. Any place 
in particular that you're looking forward to, Chase? I know last year South Boston was pretty special because you set on the pole for both races. Yeah, uh, I'm excited to go back to South Boston uh, just because we were pretty quick there. I think my favorite track we ran at all year was Iowa. It gets so wide, and it's so fun to, to get up on get up top. Uh, I really like Memphis as well. It's where I got a second place run at, and it, it's old. It's worn out. you got to be smart the whole race. And I think it kind of plays into my driving style a little bit of, of being worn out and old. I, I do want to ask because I know this is something you were fussing about last year. Do you feel better about road courses yet or no? I do. Uh, I, I was do? up to third at New Jersey. So I was, I was, I was, you, you, you told me last year, you're like, I don't know about this road course stuff. <laughs> yeah. I was new to it. I never sat on a road course ever. ever. So Watkins Glen. The first, we had an hour and a half of practice. I spent 45 minutes of it figuring out the brake pedal. And and then from there, you know, we, I thought we were having brake issues. Lo and behold, it was my issue. And uh, so I spent 45 minutes doing that. So I really only got probably maybe 10 or 12 laps. We took the green, and that was all she wrote there. Well. I don't know, man. That's uh, it's a long, The thing is, is it's okay because it's a long way from sprint cars. Yeah. Oh, to- totally different. Sprint cars. Just a little. I mean, how do you feel like you've adapted now as a stock car driver as opposed to a sprint car slash open wheel driver, which as you know, those who have followed your career know that's how you started. You started in many sprints back when I was yelling your name over PA systems at dirt tracks in the southeast. That seems like a while ago, doesn't it? Yeah, it seems too long ago. <laughs> I, I think, honestly, we just put my late model up for sale. We're going to sell it and go get a mini sprint. Do it. We are, Do it. It's absolutely happening. I want to go run the shootout again. I want to Somewhere go run the Somewhere your PR at Rev Racing is listening to this going, no! <laughs> no, don't give us anything else to worry about. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I believe that, you know, I've grown a lot on the asphalt side. Mark Green, my crew chief, has been probably the biggest asset to my career. And he's more than anything I could a- ever ask for at this level as a crew chief. You know, he's been able to to not only give me good race cars to go race on, but to be able to coach me along along the way. Because the longest race I ran before this year or before last year was 35 laps. So you know, getting in and run 150 laps and 125 here and running road courses. He was probably the biggest asset to all of it. Now, Ryan, I want to, uh, ask you what the dynamic is, is like in the shop right now, because obviously we've already seen you two throwing barbs at each other and you're the new kid on the block. Have, have you, do you feel like you've gotten enough harassment in yet or is there still a lot more to come i feel like i've got enough there's I mean, not enough there's never not enough, enough. never <laughs> enough but i mean no it's really cool i mean i mean yeah i'm i'm 17 years old but nick nick the other uh, late model driver he's been there at rev in the youth program for another year so i am the only new driver this year so he kicked our butt at new summer and qualifying we got to keep him down in the shell a little bit <laughs> yeah they got you got to beat you got to beat him but it was um it's been a lot of fun being able to work with all the guys at the shop, being able to spend time with Chase, Ruben, and Nick, and it's been really fun to just learn off them and have have a good time this year, really. What do you think, uh, honestly, Ryan, coming into the late models now, of course, that's your world, basically, out west was running in the late models. What do you think coming over here 
Have you talked with uh, your crew chief and the folks at Rev to get an idea of maybe some of the differences between what you're used to over there and what the um, late model requires here uh, in terms of driver, driving style? Yeah, I've been talking back and forth a lot with my crew chief, uh, Booker. We've just been – I just like as we, as we put the late model together this year, I've been – every so often I'm like, hey, what do, what do I need to work on with this? What is something that I need to learn? What does this do? How does this work? It's just – finding the the nits and pieces of it and really trying to put it together and learn how I could drive this car and what the difference is from the late model out here to the late model back home. So it's going to be a real good learning experience, but it's going to be fun. Well, Langley is definitely going to be an interesting track yeah. for you to uh, kind of get baptized. A lot different from Irwindale. <laughs> yeah, a lot, a lot different. different from Irwindale or Kern, for yeah. that matter. Um, have, you, have you raced at Langley before? Is this yeah. going to be for you? No, no. We went to Langley last year with the Canon Series. So. Yeah, so you know what to expect. And you yeah. know what I'm saying when I say it's a very different and unique type of track to, to run a late model on if you haven't over here yet. Because the competition over here is a little bit. A lot of aggressive. A lot of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a it's a much different race pace and a much different style of driving. And Langley certainly has some of the best. So uh, that's going to be really interesting. And then, of course, because the K&N gods are really unforgiving, you, you got your first race at New Smyrna. And now you get to go to Bristol. Yeah, it's kind of like everything you learn at Smyrna. Yeah, don't do Forget that. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Just stop. Out. Just stop. Yeah. Now you're going to run here, and this place is a lot faster and a lot bigger. Yeah. <laughs> they uh, they definitely scheduled that very uh, – I think the rookies, really, it's kind of like um, – it's not. I wouldn't call it hazing, but it's definitely an initiation. You <laughs> definitely. Know, they're not giving you any uh, time to really – You know, it's like you have a track like Greenville or even South Boston to go to in between there where it's like, okay, you have that race to kind of get used to things. Then we'll go to Bristol. Now you come right from Smyrna right to Bristol. And um, that's a big, big adjustment. What have you been working on in preparation for that one? Well, I mean, the biggest thing for me is just watching video going over last last year's race. I know it was a race that was cut short, but it's good to be able to watch and find the lines and see what the trends are of the race, even going back to the years prior, even the years probably before the sticky stuff on the bottom, just seeing what, what options are available? Chase, you you obviously raced there last year. What was it like in reality versus what you were expecting it to be when you went in? Well, and and I don't mean this in any way of 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 boasting a little bit, but we went to Bristol and they told me like, I'm gonna tell you this is gonna be the fastest you're gonna feel like you've ever gone. Like this is gonna be so fast to you. Like you're gonna run five laps, come back in, and not be able to catch your breath, and we didn't finish well, but I ran five laps and I was like, Hey, we went a lot faster in sprint car racing. Like this is, this is not <laughs> getting a sprint car. I'll show you what fast is. Um, but, but this is a boat compared to, yeah, yeah, no kidding. And, um, but, but nonetheless, it's, it's tough there. Um, it's tough to be quick. And I struggled last year. Uh, we, we didn't run well at all. We were horrible. Um, we, practiced all day above the vht or as people call it the sticky stuff yes yeah, sticky stuff. we we practiced above it because we were told that it was going to be gone you know i my crew chief thought like the year before oh it'll be gone we'll be up around the fence it wasn't gone and our cars you know were able to get down in it and once you got in it, it's like the best way that i can describe it is just getting down in a corner you're kind of like on edge and all of a sudden it gets in it's like somebody put you on a slot car track and said okay put the gas to the floor and 
you're gonna go around the corner. Duh, 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 duh. So it's <laughs> it's pretty crazy, and you're shaking in there, and then you come out of the corner. And as soon as you come out of it, you better be ready to hold on. So uh, I'm excited to go back there, having the knowledge that I have, um, and I, I'll be sure to make sure I'm down in it for practice this year. I'll, I'm gonna. I got one more question for you about Bristol on the other side of the break. We're gonna step aside when we come back. More with Ryan and Chase. And, of course, we got a safety seminar coming up at 8 o'clock, so be sure that you're uh, listening for that. And R.J. Valentine from Impact Safety Systems Barriers at 8.15 as well. This is going to be a really interesting interview. Excited about that. We'll be back with more of the Stock Car Show live from HMS Motorsport here in Mooresville, North Carolina, right after this on the Performance Motorsports Network. Do you love the sound of high revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels new to intermediate to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of Monster Energy NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, Camping World Truck, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schroep Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on only one thing, making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina and Danvers, Massachusetts, the HMS staff is always ready to take the time to help you find the right product for your safety needs. Don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop in to HMS Motorsport. Visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com or send them a message on Facebook and tell them the folks from PMN Radio sent you. What an awesome game. What's up with your car? I don't know. It won't start. How are we getting home? Chill. My parents signed me up for the roadside assistance from Lewis Meineke. It was free with my oil change. They'd come and get the car started or get us home and tow the car to the shop. Good to know. With my driving, my parents never know what to expect. When you join the Meineke Car Care Club with a $35 preferred service, you get four free months of roadside assistance, including tire change, battery jump, lockout service, towing, and more. Contact Lewis Meineke, located on Route 1, or call 827-2054. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, is a lung disease that robs people of their ability to breathe. As many as 24 million Americans suffer from COPD. 
also known as chronic bronchitis or emphysema, and half of them don't know they have the disease. If you or someone you love is over 35 and has smoked more than 100 cigarettes in their lifetime, visit driveforcopd.org and take the screener, then take that to your doctor. I'm Jeff Stoltz, and I drive for COPD. Hi, this is Austin Terrio, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. Austin's voice is so contrary to the voice of the singer in the song, you know? Yes. We should have Absolutely. Him up with somebody with a deeper voice. No, that would that but that would have made it less fun. Right. That's that's a good funny. Point. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show, coming to you live from HMS Motorsport here in Mooresville, North Carolina, just a few minutes from our race to the USA PMN studios, Tom Baker, Jacob Seelman. We've got Ryan Vargas and Chase Cabry here on location with us. We are going to do a safety seminar here in just about uh, 25 minutes or so at the top of the hour. And then we've also got um, RJ Valentine coming up as See. well to talk about track barriers. So uh, Billy Glavin from HMS doing the safety seminar and then uh, RJ Valentine in the second hour. So a lot of really yes. good information about motorsport safety. Absolutely. Coming up. In the last segment, we were we finished the segment talking a little bit about Bristol and I was talking with Chase about uh, what it was like to go there and actually race there versus what he was expecting. The thing I keep hearing from driver after driver about what's really difficult about Bristol is the view that you, you you're literally your vision because you're, you're you're just with the banking it's almost like you're just staring at the racetrack is that is that true did you find that to be uncomfortable or did you just kind of learn to adjust I mean you have to learn to adjust it's part of it you're we're race car drivers um but you, you're right the view is it's almost horrible once you get in a corner you are like staring as high as you can possibly yeah. stare out of your windshield it's almost like I, if I could reach up, grab that NASCAR Canaan banner, and move it a little bit over just so I could get another couple inches. Um, but, yeah, it's tough. You are staring, like you said, as high as – and then another thing is there's grandstands all around this place. Every Both corners are absolutely identical. It's like racing in a fishbowl. Yeah, it, you, you run lap after lap after lap, and eventually you're like, hmm, I wonder if I'm going through three and four right now or one, one and two. two. Like, yeah. I mean, I couldn't imagine doing 500 laps here. Ryan, are you nervous yet? Are, are, are you nervous yet or no? No, 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 no. That was very sarcastic. You couldn't tell my <laughs> uh, I mean, no, well, there's always nerves going into a race, especially one like Bristol with all the speed and everything and all, like just knowing what it, what happens at Bristol. But It's going to be a really interesting race for me because, I mean, like I said, it's nothing I've ever experienced before. So it's going to be a lot of fun to kind of learn what I can off of Ruben and Chase and and really just experience what it's like to drive on a track of that magnitude. What are you most excited about when it comes to uh, racing at Bristol? Is it the fact of, I've seen this on TV for years, and now I actually get to get, get to go and do this? Or I can't tell you guys how excited I really am. I mean, Bristol is one of my favorite tracks. In fact, one of my dogs is named Bristol. So Nice. <laughs> I mean, nice. I guess you could say how excited so I am for that. if we follow that theory, is your other track you're excited about going to that you're not going to this year going to be talladega yeah my other dog's name is daga my other dog's name is daga but but you don't get to race talladega in a k&n oh no lord have mercy that's scary (laughs) no cars at talladega chase cabry chase is smiling he would be the one to start that petition wouldn't he oh man but no it's really exciting i mean it's the it's the last great coliseum it's one of the best tracks in nascar and i mean 
I'm very excited, and honestly, it's almost an honor to be able to race on that track. So it's going to be really neat. Like I said, it's going to be a neat experience, and I'm really excited. All right. So I, I feel like we've exhausted the Bristol subject with them, Tom. Well, perhaps. I don't know if you can ever talk enough about, about Bristol. Bristol. Honestly, okay, but, fair enough. You know, After my 22nd place finish, I didn't want to talk about it at all <laughs> last year. <laughs> well, notice we didn't highlight your result. We just wanted yeah. to talk to you about driving on it. And, and you know, it's, it, Bristol is one of those tracks. I, mean, I, I always remember the Daryl Waltrip story that when he was coming into Cup, he listened to Kelly Yarbrough complain about how much he hated Bristol. Right. He never won there. Right. Daryl decided he was going to love Bristol. Daryl went out won seven races there, like, really quick. In a row. Yeah, I think <laughs> in a row. Yeah, I think you're right. And uh, he just, it, again, a lot of it's mental. You either love it or hate it. If you choose to love it, it you can conquer it. If you choose exactly. to hate it, you'll get that result. Exactly. All right, Chase. I All mentioned right. earlier that you're coming back into your second year in the car. However, the championship fight this year, too, as far as the full-timers, is much different than what it was a year ago. Do you feel like a favorite? Oh, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I'm seen as a, as a favorite or as an underdog. I really don't know. Um, I hope. I mean, honestly, I just hope to go and run good. Um, I, I want to go win races. I think winning races is, is, is that, definitely that, huge. That's the last hurdle, isn't it? Yeah, uh, I definitely believe that if you go out and win races, you're going to get a championship. I mean, it's it's there's no way of not. Mm-hmm. So right. uh, we got to go out. We got to get good runs. I'd like to come away a champion. Who wouldn't? Um, exactly. And, and sure. I think it's definitely a reachable goal this year. Well, we were six last year. Uh, take away the the three races that we had issues, we were third. So uh, that's the way the math format formatted out. And um, this year, I feel like I feel like it's definitely something in reach and. Definitely something I'd like to to try to go after and stand on the stage at the end of the year and look down at Ryan sitting in the in the out, out in the way and say, "Hey Ryan, wow. good battle!" Wow, there can only be one, right? We said <laughs> that, this was initiation, and you know, yeah, it's, it's just part yeah. of that rookie thing, I guess. Oof. Wow. <laughs> okay, I'll ask the hard question now. Who do you feel like you're gonna have to fight? down the stretch for points or really is it too hard to say right now with, i don't think so no um i think somebody's gonna be difficult i think anthony alfredo in the 40 car sure. it's mm-hmm. it's a good car um but i do believe that uh ronnie bassett and ruben my teammate are definitely gonna be two of the hardest hardest people to to deal with and mm-hmm. nothing against ryan at all i think ryan's great and he's already beat me this year um but i was sitting here just kind of thinking to myself well if you look at the points right now uh-huh. one of you finished 12th and the other one yeah. didn't hey, we, we had an issue gym over the winter and... we, we had an issue um but we had but, an issue you know he'll he'll deal with you know ryan will, will go through the the rookie initiation mm-hmm. pretty much of, of going to all these new tracks so and it's nothing nothing against ryan i think he, he's mm-hmm. great and i hope he comes out and surprises us all tom um, let's just be honest here not to cut you off chase sorry but uh let, let's be honest here when you look at the last few years in the k&m pro series east especially it's not a rookie's series it seems like all the champions the last few years we've seen have been they've come back in their second year and ended up jumping to the top you you, two good examples justin haley absolutely and then harrison burton absolutely both of them struggled in their first year despite having the very best equipment possible you've got to learn how to drive these sure it's completely different from late models from sprint cars from you know i don't care where you've come from before k&m pro series east 
and I think the East largely is probably more aggressive. Yes. Can I say say yes, that just absolutely than even yep. Dan and West maybe uh, so much at this point. So it's tough to come in and yes, do well at is. some of these tracks. It's hard to go to Bristol with no experience and and, and only run. get an hour and thirty minutes of practice. That's right. what makes it even yeah, harder. Yeah. And exactly. they go to your first road course race and get an hour and thirty at Watkins Glen, which in reality you're gonna come in, you're gonna make changes. I mean that's, Is that first up on your schedule this year? No, New Jersey. New Jersey. That's what New I Jersey. Jersey. And we do get a test day. If I remember yeah. right. New Jersey is awesome. I, I love, love that, that place. Yeah. I love that place. Yeah. A completely different course than Watkins Glen, right? Because absolutely, New it's, Jersey's more like a short track kind of road course. New Jersey, or Watkins, Watkins Glen's like a fast. It's like a super speedway. Yeah. You're. I mean, you New Jersey's are, tech. The, it's technical. Yes. I th- is is I think the word that we're we were kind of hunting for there. It's there are a lot of technical places in that New Jersey course that like Tom said, Watkins Glen is sweeping. There's a lot of high speed corners. You almost other than the fact that you turn left and right, you almost run it like you would an oval track. Right. Yeah. And then I, I one of my favorite parts of Watkins Glen is going back to my motocross days through the through the bus stop. You feel like I'm running supercross when I hit that double <laughs> getting in. Speaking of that, and not to go off topic from the two of you, but Chase, since you brought up uh, motorcycles, I do want to ask, because your brother is not running K&N this year, but he's been busy, at least based on the stuff you've posted on Instagram. He's been busy on two wheels. <laughs> I'm so jealous. <laughs> My contract says you cannot sit on a motorcycle, and it eats me up. There's a reason for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've only broken my left arm seven times. There's, that's, only seven. That's, <laughs> only seven. But, but, yeah, I'm so jealous. I want to get back out there so bad on a bike. That's what I grew up doing uh, before sprint car racing. But, yeah, he's he got into he got back into it. I bought a bike once the season ended and he's been having a blast and I've been going out there watching him. And I'm so like, I said, You're green. it's itching me to get back in or get back on the bike. That's where Max looks at you and goes, um, no. Yeah. Max <laughs> holds me by the back and says, no, <laughs> no, sir. Nope. All you can do is run to the end of your chain and bark. <laughs> With that, we step aside. And when we come back, we've got more from HMS Motorsport Safety Seminar. Not next segment, but the following segment will be our safety seminar. And then RJ Valentine at uh, 815 East Coast time. So stick around and look forward to a lot of learning in the second hour because that's what you're going to get we'll be back with more of the stock car show live from hms motorsport on the voice of motorsports the performance motorsports network everywhere you go you hear it and you see it it's coming at you through your phone your tablet and your computer it's broadcast from your favorite radio station tv networks and cable companies it's in the stadiums the arenas the ballparks it screams for your attention at the mall it's interactive on main street it's even coming at you from the gas pump at the nearby convenience store what is it it's digital content it's digital content it's digital content somebody has to create it somebody has to manage it so whether your dream is to write it design it create it call it produce it voice it post it light it shoot it switch it record it color correct it, edit it, code it, repurpose it, tweet it, blog it, post it, compress it, upload it, replay it, or make sure it gets to where it's got to go when it's got to get there in the format it's got to be in. You need to attend Carolina School of Broadcasting. The skills you will learn, the experience you will get, and the connections you will make at Carolina School of Broadcasting will open the doors to the career you want in digital content creation and digital content management. Call or come by today. Click csbradiotv.edu. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for 
for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speeds, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. This is a test to find out if you know it all when it comes to children. Name one of the leading killers of U.S. children age 1 to 13. What's the best way to protect children in a car crash? At what age and size should a child start using a booster seat? Don't assume you know it all when it comes to car seats for your child. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat and know for sure. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Ben Rhodes, and you're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports. Well... Know one thing about Ben Rhodes? Ben's going to be busy this coming weekend. Yes, yes, he is. Wait. At Martinsville. No, next, next weekend. weekend. Uh, don't don't screw my calendar up. Uh, you know, I, I I try so hard to mess you up during the show, and most of the time you just keep Gosh, right on rolling. It. And I finally got you. Uh, the, Stop the, it. Martinsville is where Ben will make his uh, re-entry with the uh, NASCAR Camping World Truck Series, the Xfinity Series, still companioning out uh, at Fontana. I'm actually looking forward to Fontana this weekend. Yes, please. I'm looking forward to both races. And the reason that I am is because we all we've talked about for the last three weeks yeah. is Kevin Harvick. Yeah. I'm waiting to see if there's anybody who can step up and play ball with that. Play. <coughs> Kyle Larson. So far, you, you think yeah. Kyle Larson is going to be the guy? Well, he won last year there, didn't he? Yeah, he won every yeah. two-mile track there was last yeah, year, right. I think. Forgot about that. I was there in witness, and he put a butt-kicking on the field that day. It was awesome. You were at Fountain? Yeah, it cool. was an amazing race. Well, that's uh, that's going to be very uh, exciting. I think, uh, honestly, my belief is that other than Kyle Larson, if anybody's going to race with Kevin Harvick this weekend, it's going to be Ke- uh, Kyle Busch. I believe that, that uh, Kyle will be the one if uh, – if anybody other than Larson. Besides that, I'm just looking for somebody new to step up. I'm going to tell you something else I'm really watching for this weekend, Jake. You're going to tell me something else? What are you going to tell me? I want to see Bubba Wallace step it up. I want to see that 43 team step it up. I, I just think they – well, I, I, it's not something that – it's not going to be something that happens overnight. I'm sorry. That team was struggling last year even before Bubba got to them. It's not something yeah, you can fix overnight. There, though, he had four races with four finishes that got progressively better. And I think the last one was an 11th. I mean – you know, this this is this should not be. They were just way off last week, and I think they made everybody. Two the in the, the pits. entire RCR bunch was way off last week. 
well. <laughs> I I'm not, sorry. Well, I don't think Austin Dillon finished that badly. I think he was. He somehow finish. managed to finish but, decent somehow. Yeah, but it's, the entire RCR crew, and I include Bubba Wallace in RCR because RPM is on the RCR campus now. They were all lacking yeah. speed all weekend long. They've been lacking speed ever since Daytona, which I take out of the equation because, well, it's drafting. Sorry. It was yeah. it was very strange. Uh, They've been it, out of the equation, but Ryan Newman qualified second. Yeah, well, there's it, a difference between qualifying yeah. well and racing well, and we see where Ryan ended up after 35 laps in the wall yeah, and out of contention. Was, uh, that was a tough day. I Man, really feel harsh bad for, for him because <laughs> I'm just stating the facts, Chase. Sorry. <laughs> he really yeah, messed that's... up my DraftKings that day too. <laughs> <laughs> This is hey. That is the new thing. Isn't yeah, that Everybody's that is the, the new thing. Not that we're promoting gambling. Sorry, just saying. No, we're but, just commenting. We're playing observers. Yes. I I don't get involved. No, with Chase DraftKings, Chase is the one that mentioned it. Yeah, Chase it, Chase is uh, Chase is involved now. Other than obviously that situation, have you been doing any good with DraftKings or? Yeah, I, I started with a dollar in my account. I'm up to 140. I'm there. You go. I'm so happy. I, have, I literally get live updates throughout the race in the Rev group chat of Chase. We're looking good, boys. It's like, come on. Wow. Yeah, that's that that definitely is the new fad. Is is the whole DraftKings thing, and and I think honestly, I think it's kind of cool, and I think I think NASCAR kind of getting, I, well, I want to be careful how I say this because I don't know that NASCAR is behind it, but but I think that particular situation is if you're going to allow that to happen and you're going to kind of promote it, yeah, um, I think the way they've got it set up now is about as good as it can be right. in terms of we're not encouraging people but we're putting it out there for those who want to i wish more fans did it um i believe that to me from my standpoint that um and not to talk about too much but that I, like i really pay attention to how david reagan runs i really pay attention to my, how michael mcdowell runs well you I have six fantasy. you have six you drivers you yeah. got six drivers. Yeah. You got to pay attention to everybody. That it is true. keeps you involved for if every you lap. Something invested, you pay attention. Absolutely. To it, Even if it's a dollar, I still, true. you know, you still pay attention. Okay. So where I want to take this is away from DraftKings, obviously. Obviously. For now. And again, it's not saying we don't believe in that. We just don't want to endorse it. Correct. At least right now. So <laughs> let's move forward here and talk a little bit about a subject that we can get these two drivers involved in because both of them obviously still at the K&N level. When you look at the truck series, because that will likely be probably your first entry into the national series. If you are fortunate enough to get that far and you look at the spec motors, I'm going to go to chase first because he's had a year experience in K&N. What is your observation? Do you like the spec motors in the trucks? Do you think that's a good thing for the truck series? What is your uh, take on spec motors and the truck series as as a whole right now? I believe that, well, spec motors is, is the word spec is uh, supposed to not be being used. Uh, they call it the, what is it? NT1, I the think. The NT1. Uh, the, the NT1 motors, I feel like, is trying to keep the, the cost down, uh, which helps us as drivers to to make it, you know, because it's just it's just how it is, and um, yeah. I feel like they they're doing a good job of trying to to bring the cost from, you know, this really high number that you have to 
you know, break your back and, and sell your, your soul for to, mm-hmm. to make it affordable to, for drivers to be able to, to find sponsor to do it. Ryan? I mean, for me, I think it's one of the better moves that NASCAR has made for the truck series. I mean, it's, it's definitely made it a lot more affordable. I mean, you see Jordan Anderson, another driver who's been able to go to all these races and been able to do this without, without much of a problem. But also you see the teams that aren't running those NT1 motors. Mm-hmm. You don't, you see those teams also not running them, adapting. Like you see Toy Racing at Atlanta winning the race and you see them in Vegas pretty much dominating and only to come up a little bit short. So it's definitely added a little bit of, um, it's added a bit of an interest factor to it and I really like it. Interest. That's a good word, Tom. Well, interest. And see, parody. That's my word of the day. Well, see, and that was kind of where I was thinking we would end up, and I, and I wanted to, to pull the two kids, Parody. because obviously Ryan is fairly new, but Chase has had enough experience that he would be able he to at least look at it Ooh. from a perspective. Well, um, I mean, let's be honest, Chase isn't that old. I, I know, I'm 21, I'm old for this sport. <laughs> I'm old for, I'm like grandpa for the K&N series. What does that make Ruben? <laughs> <laughs> if I sit down on the wall too long, I think Harrison will walk by and sit on my lap and ask for something for Christmas or something. I don't know. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, but but my take on it is I think that that NT1 motor, although I think it's necessary and I think overall it's a good move, I think what's interesting about it is we talk about the cost to buy in, but – most of the teams now are already there. So, you know, my thought is that overall going to a, a and I'm still going to say it's a spec motor because it's designed to keep everybody equal, going to that type of a motor and reducing the cost and making everybody basically have to work at it from the chassis side and the driving side to me is going to be a much better situation for driver development, considering that's what the truck series has basically turned into. Well, okay, I get your point there. I, I would argue there's always been a some aspect of driver development to it because it's the first rung well, on the NASCAR well, National no, Series No, you missed ladder. my point. What I'm saying is I think with the motors now all being relatively equal, right? we put it into the hands of the chassis and the driver. Fair. So I, I, I think point. the drivers actually, because it, it, it isn't, well, I can't afford the big motor. Right. When you can look underneath the hood, and I, I know, Ryan, you and, I, you and I talked about this on one of the previous shows we had you on. When you can look under the hood of your truck, like Jordan Anderson can now, and say, I have the same stuff underneath my hood that Kyle Busch Motorsports does under theirs, now you're getting somewhere. And now you know, hey, we can go out and compete more for real instead of being at a disadvantage exactly i mean like as you said it puts them at less of a disadvantage and i mean as i stated before now jordan's able to run all the races this year and is able to run fairly well i mean he got a top 10 at daytona granted he, he should he was, have had a top should five, have had a top five, five exactly backwards so but in the yeah. end I mean, it's added a lot of it's it's made it a lot easier for these smaller teams and i think it's phenomenal yeah i do too i think it's a great move and actually i think that that as long as NASCAR doesn't look at look at this as the only thing they're going to do, which I don't think they will, because I really feel like uh, Ben is going to take that series to the next level again. But, Kennedy, by the way, yeah, just ben to clarify. Kennedy. But uh, I, I think as long as NASCAR doesn't look at it as the singular answer, I think it's a good first step toward yes. bringing the truck series yes. back from what I consider to be kind of a low point that we've had in terms of 
full-time yes. teams over the last couple seasons. I have one question that I want to pose to the both of you before we go into our safety hour here. If you were the wizard for a day and could make one change to K&N East or the K&N Pro Series as a whole, what would you change, whether it's a track or, you know, what what would you change and why? I'll let you go first. You're the veteran. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he don't want to take that question. I mean – I think that it's run well. I think Chris, I think he does a great job of running it. I think uh, NASCAR does a great job of promoting it. Um, I, I would want to race on, on, you know, more tracks like Bristol, more tracks like Dover. Um, do I enjoy going to Langley and South Ball? Absolutely. Uh, they're short tracks. You know, they're fun to go in there and run the corner and, you know, use a guy in front of me as, as a brake pedal sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, Chase but, just admitted the problem. <laughs> but nonetheless, no, I right. think I think it would help us with the with the step um, to go to trucks. I think radial tire was was a huge asset. Uh, I think it's something that'll help us. I agree. And but I but like I said, I would like to to run more on tracks like like Bristol, Dover, uh, and, and those sort of tr- race tracks like that. Ryan. And I have to agree as well because, I mean, like, you see the K&N series now is a full-on development series. There's a lot of younger drivers now, and there's a lot of teams recruiting the younger drivers that are trying to help them get Mm -hmm. to the next level. So, really, you want us as drivers, we should probably – if the next step is trucks and we're running on tracks the size, like, mile-and-a-half type tracks. I'm not saying run K&N on mile-and-a-half tracks by any means. But I'm saying (laughs) run us on more tracks, like you said, like, like Chase said. Tracks like the Dovers and the Bristol. Bring back Rockingham, please. <laughs> <laughs> Dear Lord. <laughs> I mean, I think a little too far gone. But. Yeah. I mean, but just like 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 he, like he was saying, tracks like that would help help drivers be able to develop develop their racecraft on tracks like that. With that, that's a great answer, by the way. With that, we will step aside now. Everybody, go to Facebook Live and either go to HMS Motorsport or go to Three Wide Life because we are going to have a Facebook Live safety seminar hosted by Billy Glavin from HMS Motorsport. We're going to be talking about belt fitment in deceits, and it's going to be a very educational conversation. So you can watch it, or if you're not near a computer, just stay right here because it'll be live on this show when we come back from the break. You are listening to the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport on the Voice of Motorsports, the Performance Motorsports Network. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444, Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Every 30 minutes, another innocent person is killed due to a drunk driver. My best friend. My brother. My poor grandchild. My sister. My father. My husband. My mom. (laughs) My mommy. 
Stop these tragedies before they happen. Don't drink and drive. The Performance Motorsports Network is a compilation of shows about motorsports. From technical to controversial to just fun, everything you like about racing and gearhead stuff is right here on one internet channel. The Performance Motorsports Network. Tell your friends about it. Hi, I'm Reed Sorensen. Racing has been a part of me and my family for as long as I can remember. I had to make tough choices early on to get to the top. It took hard work and dedication, but it's those tough choices that helped me prepare for challenges I would face as a cup driver. Make the right choices today and be ready for the challenges tomorrow. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force. Hi, I'm Timmy Salamito, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show. We are live from HMS Motorsport, where, if you're all tuned to Facebook Live at HMS Motorsport, go to HMS Motorsport Facebook page, and we're going to be out live on 3 Wide Life in a moment as well. We are about to... Uh, talk with Billy Glavin, and he is about to do a special demonstration for us about some belt fitment and some roll bar padding uh, demonstrations about how to properly install roll bar padding. So I'm just going to pass the mic over to Billy Glavin and let him teach us all a little something. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, so we're going to start tonight with the uh, roll bar padding. It's uh, springtime. Everyone's getting cars ready to go. Uh, this is one of the most overlooked things in the car. Um, we often see cars with no roll bar padding or too little roll bar padding, um, but really roll bar padding is very important for driver protection. Um, all the roll bar padding you see right here in front of you on the table is SFI 45.1 uh, certified padding. This padding is a closed cell uh, high density foam that's very hard to touch, but it's designed to stop a helmeted head, not an unhelmeted head. Um, one of the benefits of this padding is if you do come in contact with the roll cage, say in a, in a violent accident, um, this padding will absorb the energy of your head and not spring you back or rebound you back in the other direction faster than in which you came into it. And as well as being a closed cell, you won't actually bottom out the padding. So if you run a standard foam like this, this is just an example. Is I call this a pool noodle. Um, this is just regular old generic foam. If you look at it, if I squeeze this foam, I can almost bottom it out. So that means your head, especially a helmeted head, is going to get all the way through this foam and actually to the roll cage that this is supposed to be protecting you against. And this foam is essentially going to collapse to it was, you might as well not have anything there. Um, versus a foam like this will take that impact, will absorb that impact, and will control your head coming back off the roll cage in the other direction. Um, we have a lot of different formats of it. So there's this low profile stuff if you have a lot of closed you're very close to the roll cage and you don't want a big bulky um, uh, pad we have different diameters for different diameter roll cages um, you can see this is for like inch and a quarter to inch and a half this is for inch and a half to inch and three quarter um, we have a little bit rounder profile uh, we have a squared off profile with a little thicker padding and then this right here this is actually our, our pretty trick little setup right here this is what we call our dual durometer um, we often see this on the between the a pillar and the b pillar uh, where the driver is going to be getting in and out of the car. 
This is a softer comfort foam on the outside, and you can see how it's nice and squishy. But then on the inside is your actual high-density foam. So this would be somewhere where your head or your knees in normal racing operations, not in an accident, but in normal racing operations, you might be bumping up against it, and you don't want to have this hard foam. This will give you a little bit of comfort, a little bit of cushion, but also provide you the actual proper safety that you need underneath, unlike a soft foam like this. Um, next to us on the table here, these are sheets of 45.1 foam, and this is just a sheet. Uh, this is quarter inch, half inch, inch, and inch and a half. This foam can be used for really anything. You can use it to line the whole door bar if you wanted to have cushioning along a door bar, um, but mainly we sell this to be used in seats. Um, and we're going to talk in a second about seat fitment and the importance of seat fitment. This foam is the only foam you should be using to make a seat fit properly. If you go out and you buy a, you know, at a hobby store or a Home Depot, you know, just a generic kind of foam, you're going to have the same issues that you had with the roll cage foam. Now you're going to have it with the seat. So you might make the seat really comfortable. You might put three inches of foam. It might be soft and luxurious. But in an impact, that foam is just going to collapse. And when it collapses, now your seat belts that were nice and snug and nice and tight are actually going to be loose because you've now compressed that foam down an inch. Even worse, you might get all the way through the foam to the bottom of the seat and cause some, some injuries that way, some lower back injuries, some spinal injuries that way. So we sell this foam in different thicknesses. You can cut it up um, and use it to put, position yourself in the seat in a proper manner. Uh, you can also use it around the car as you need. Um, to our left here... This is an example of a seat pour kit. So this is the same foam that we have in the sheets, except this is in a liquid form. So this is, if you're going to really spend the time, uh, now is the, you know, the off season is the time to do something like this, and you've got a new seat and you really want to make it as safe and as comfortable as possible, invest in one of these seat pour kits. It comes with everything you need to do a pour, um, plastic bag, two-sided tape, uh, a knife to cut it, Nomex to cover it with, and this foam here to position yourself. So you would take your seat, and we'll show you a seat over here. Actually, you can probably move over here and, and show you that right now. So this seat here is a, uh, would be something you would find in a, a sprint car or a midget or something like that. Uh, it's made by Fiberworks here in Mooresville. Right now it has no liner in it. So you wouldn't want to race a seat like this because you're just sitting on a hard carbon shell. You have no cushioning, no support. If you uh, were to have a driver in there, let me uh, have Zach here, one of my coworkers, sit in the seat and show you. So if Zach just were to sit in this seat, not only is it not going to be very comfortable because he's sitting on just hard carbon fiber, but it's also not going to provide him the support he needs. You can see the big air gap in the ribs there, the air gap in the, the legs. And most importantly, if you look at his shoulders, the harness belt has to go up and over the seat before it gets to him. So he's way too low in the seat. You want to have this shoulder belt right in the window, the shoulder belt opening window, so that it's not touching anything but his body back to the roll cage. So Zach, if you want to hop out, we've prepared a little piece here, just as a, a small show. This is just a piece of that foam that we've already cut and sanded, fit it in here. Now, obviously you would do way more than that, but this is just a quick sample. Now, if Zach gets, hops back in, You'll see it's brought him up in the seat, so now his shoulder belts are running straight from his neck back to the anchor point. He's now up off the seat that inch. Um, ideally, you'd probably want to go up a little bit higher. He's still got a little bit of room in the seat to go a little higher because the more foam you have, the better off you are um, and the safer you are. So if Zach wants to hop back out, 
I'll start to show you how the seaport kit would work. So once you get everything positioned you want, how you want it, you would take this big giant plastic bag and you would line the seat with it. Um, it's kind of hard to do one-handed. But you would essentially lie the bag in here. You would use that two-sided tape to tape it up. And then you would take the two parts of foam that are on the table, mix it up, follow the directions, and you pour the foam into the bag. And um, you let the driver sit in there until the foam hardens. And if you do your job right, you'll end up with something like this. So this seat, is this is a poured liner covered in Nomex, um, 45.2 foam. That's the rating on it. Uh, this seat is poured to a driver. I don't know who, what the, this particular driver was, uh, but this is a demo seat that we have here in the shop to show how you would get the, the foam to look and how you would want it to look. So if you do it the right way, this seat will fit you like a glove. It will fit you better than any seat you've ever sat in. Um, and, and this time of year is the time to do it and spend the time because obviously being comfortable and supported and safe in the seat is, is very important. Um, and making sure you're positioned properly in the seat, like we showed with Zach over there, um, to keep the shoulder belts in that opening are very important. Um, a lot of sprint car guys in particular run lap belts that are really probably tighter than they need to be. And part of the reason they do that is because the seat doesn't fit them right. They just sit in a bare aluminum seat or a bare carbon seat like this, and they're trying to use the lap belt as the lateral support while they're racing. Um, but you don't want to do that. Obviously you want to use the seat to support yourself and you want to use the shoulder belts and the lap belts to support you in an accident. So you shouldn't need to tighten your lap belts down to the point where you're almost cutting off circulation to your lower legs because that's, that means your seat doesn't fit you right. Um, one last seat we're going to talk about here real quick. Uh, this is a typical sports car seat. You'd see this in a road course car, um, off-road truck type application. Um, this seat is how it comes stock. Um, so if I were to race this seat and I get in it, it fits me great, right? Shoulder belt opening is in the right spot. I'm nice and comfortable. I'm down in the seat. Now, if I was sharing a car with Zach here, say we were doing endurance racing or we, you know, two buddies building the car together, um, you know, he gets in the car now. Now he's got the same problem. Look how low he is in the seat. That shoulder belt is now coming off of the roll cage, hitting the seat and then going on to Zach's body. So the, the seat has now become the anchor point for the belt and not Zach. So if we were to share this car, we would, again, take some of that sheet foam, cut a nice little insert, and in a driver change, it's easy to do. Just stick it in here, put that comfort cushion back in. Now Zach gets back in the car. Now he's up out of the way. Shoulder belts are in a good spot, and he's ready to rock. So you don't need a ton of work. It doesn't take a ton of time. And, and you get the belts in the right position. Now both guys can share a car. Um, you don't have to run a slider because you can use foam in his back to push him forward. Um, and, and that way, you know, you see that a lot in the IMSA series. If you watch uh, road course racing or like Sebring this weekend, the 12-hour, you'll see during a driver change, they'll throw that liner out. Next guy, the driver getting in, will throw it in and uh, put his liner in and go. So... Those are things to look at when you're uh, doing seats. Um, you want to make sure, again, shoulder belts, the opening is going to fit you. Now, if he was above the shoulder belt opening, which he's not in this application, but if he was, um, that seat's not going to fit him. No matter what you do, he won't be able to get down below the shoulder belt opening. So it's very important when you buy seats, if you're buying them new, if you're buying them used, if you're buying them from a buddy, 
to sit in the seat before you actually buy it and make sure that your body is actually going to work in the seat because um, you don't want the belts in any way, shape, or form to be touching the seat because you want the belts to just work with the roll cage and not with the seat. Um, so that's why it's really important to get a seat that properly fits you. Plus, from a performance standpoint, if you're fighting with the seat the whole time and using the steering wheel to hold yourself in, then you're really not focusing 100% on driving. You want the seat to fit you like a glove so that all you can do is focus on the steering wheel and your foot in, inputs and, and go race. Thank you very much, Billy Glavin. That was very educational. We certainly appreciate you taking the time to go through that. Absolutely. If anyone has any questions about any of the material that uh, Billy just talked about or talked through, feel free to just go to HMS Motorsport on Facebook or Twitter and uh, send them a message. And with that, we're going to step aside and we'll be back with more of the Stock Car Show. We've got RJ Valentine coming up next on PMN Radio to talk about safety barriers. And that's going to be a great discussion as well. So stick around. You're listening to the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport on the Performance Motorsports Network. How to be a great dad in 15 seconds. Bike ride, go fish, walk in the park, phone call, milkshake, play catch, picnic, fly a kite, tell jokes, laugh, talk, read a story, tell a story, bumper car, swing set, bowling, pillow fight, cut loose, stay tight. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes. On Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. How to deal with someone who says that's so gay. Outsmart them. This party is, like, so gay. Totally. Excuse me, but did you ladies know the word gay used to mean happy or excited? Then it became a word used to describe gay people. Then somehow it came to mean dumb or stupid, which is how you just used it, which is not very nice. Ew, that guy is on the football team and super smart, and he totally hates us now. Totally. When you say that's so gay, do you realize what you say? Knock it off. Learn more at thinkbeforeyouspeak.com. Hi, I'm Brandon McReynolds, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. 
I will say I do love the music choices for this show. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport on the Performance Motorsports Network. We are live at HMS Motorsport in Mooresville, North Carolina and had a safety seminar last segment. We're going to continue the theme in our safety hour, Tom, as we get set to introduce our next special guest to also talking a lot about safety and joining us for the first time on this program after being a prior guest on PMN, visited the Mitch Walker show recently, RJ Valentine. Looking forward to talking with RJ, of course, a former championship racer and now has spent some time in the safety realm and is the inventor and manufacturer of impact safety systems barriers. RJ, welcome to the Stock Car Show and looking forward to talking with you. Well, I as well um, uh, honored to be on your show, and I'd love to tell you my story. Well, let's let's start with uh, a couple of minutes about your background for those in our audience who aren't familiar with you. Sure. Well, basically, I'm a businessman. I've been a businessman a good part of 35 years, and I got involved in motorsport back in the 70s and started off, you know, going through SCCA regionals, nationals, then I went into the Pro Series in uh, 1978, 1979, and just kept going. And I've got about 400 Pro Starts in different, all different kinds, just everything but the Space Shuttle. And, uh, and I've <laughs> had a lot of fun doing it. Uh, uh, ultimately ended up, uh, you know, developing a barrier due to some accidents I saw. One in particular was uh, Paul Newman's partner. That's the one that kicked it off. In uh, St. Petersburg in 1986, he uh, hit a concrete barrier and instantly snapped his neck and killed him. Wow. And from then, you know, I'd seen a lot of bad accidents, and I said to myself, I'm going to do, do something for the sport. It's given me a lot. So uh, I developed, uh, you know, ProLink barriers, and we built cot barriers, and we, you know, used them in, in hockey and, you know, in athletics and in a lot of other areas. So, Talk about uh, what you did in the hockey arena with those. I'm really curious about that. Well, you know, let me tell you, uh, you know, there's a, a very famous kid. His name is uh, Jay Pandolf. He's played three championships in uh, with, the, with the New Jersey Devils. His father and I are partners in a deal. And I saw, and I also met a kid by the name of Travis Roy. And a lot of people don't know Travis. He's a local guy. He's a paraplegic now. And he hit a board and, um, you know, there's an area I'm developing the boards, make them softer. But if you go into my site and you go into athletics, you'll see that, that the, the Pandolfo family built a, what they call micro ice. That's basically building small rinks. I said, what are you building small rinks? Why don't we divide up a big rink into twos and fours? And if you go in there, you'll see we put the barriers up, and you can do drills in each, each quadrant. And you can do a 50-50 you know, a, a deal as well. But uh, you know, there's a lot of uses for the barriers. But the big thing here is, is racing. And, and yeah. safety is the name of the game. And we, we know that, look, we have you know, a lot of people who are really good at developing the Hans. Uh, strong chassis. Uh, they've developed a lot of, uh, of, of stuff that the safety belts. The problem is, no matter what you do when you hit something, and if it's concrete, it's 4,500 pounds. And, of, you know, some of these formula cars weigh 16, 1,800, road race cars are 2,100, and, you know, Grand National stock cars, uh, you know, they're over 3,000 pounds. Yeah. Who comes out on top? It's always the barrier, and there's always a major injury or a concussion or a fatality. 
and we build a buffering system which basically moves with the vehicle when it when it hits and it, you know a lot of it's you know it's, it's hard to explain in a conversation if you go into the website into impactsafetybarriers.com you'll see what we do because we've done an extensive amount of work trying to explain it to whomever goes in so that's kind of where i'm at with impact well, and I've seen uh, the barriers in use because the O'Reilly Auto Parts National Indoor Car Championship has used them for many years. That event is held on Thanksgiving week, and it's an indoor dirt cart event that uh, is now in Batesville, Mississippi, was in Tunica for a while. And uh, uh, I don't know, I can't remember back that far if we had the barriers while we were at uh, the Battle Arena in Tunica or not, but I know we've had them in the seven or eight years now uh, that we've been in Batesville. and. The, the great thing about the barriers is that, you know, the go-karts hit them, and most of the time they just bounce off and, and right. Uh, you know, right back well, into absorb, competition. They absorb the energy. I mean, when you hit an inert object, anything that doesn't move, you you basically right. know what's going to happen. I mean, the outcome isn't pretty. Uh, yeah. And, and we've we've developed these so that they absorb energy, and we're, we're testing them now for FIA because they're kind of interested in what we're doing. And... And if you go in the site and you go into the gallery, you'll see we move the barriers away from the what I call the final end, which is concrete or Amco, and even bar- uh, tire stacking. They're very heavy. When you hit, yeah. you hit, and they don't move. And the end result is a shock that goes through the chassis, into the driver. And uh, you know, if you look at some of the you know most worst accidents ever, were you know when when Senna is an example when he when he hit at Imola. Yeah, he had a concrete barrier, and it was instant death. So what we want to do is we want to see uh, absorption, movement, and we have a chain reaction. We put about 250 pounds of water in our barriers, and then you link them all together, and you get a cumulative pull. It was basically they move the barriers, but they drag the barriers along, and then you put them back in place again. It's a really interesting system, and I and I love how it works. Now I haven't personally observed it being used uh for anything other than go-karts but i can appreciate the way it's designed how that would work and what's more is when i look at the total safety picture and think about how you know ultimately seat belt seat technology the head and neck restraint the idea is you know to keep the driver in a situation where you know the pelvis doesn't come forward where everything works the way it's supposed to and you look at now having uh, a safer barrier, you know, NASCAR, of course, uses them. You know, it's an all-around system where you just have less energy and less shock for the driver to absorb to begin with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, th- th- that's it. When you think, like, uh, we, there's three tracks at Thermal in Palm Springs. We've supplied all three tracks. And there have been some pretty, you know, horrific hits out there. But the dents the car, and the driver is able to you typically drive the vehicle away, and, and there's not a, little, a lot of injury to the body. It's the shock. Just think of hitting a bridge abutment. That's about the size oh, yeah. of it. It's just like that in, the, in concrete barriers, whether it's a, you know, an oval track, a road course, or even a drag strip. The concrete, I, I, you know, it's, it's probably cheaper and easy. It was the only thing that they used to use. Cars were going a lot slower. But now, you know, you you, you got to realize that, you know, no matter what, you need to hit something softer. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's just a matter of time track. before you're going to hit. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Of course, my home track was probably unique in the country for and probably still is in the sense that uh, Swingo Speedway was built with steel walls because, you know, the guy that uh, built the track owns the steel company. So, you know, at, uh, now they've got foam blocks in front of the walls in all of the high impact areas. But, uh, you know, that was a, a real tough place to hit very hard. Yeah, well, you know, there's a lot of roundy round tracks you see where people, I mean, there's a lot of fatalities. Look, yeah. I'm going to say this. The owners don't want to publish this, okay? But the fact is that, that some pre- pretty bad stuff happens. Yeah, no question about it. I mean, it definitely is a uh, it definitely is a serious situation, and I I really I understand that there's a cost, obviously, and you know a lot of track promoters just don't have the cost to replace the concrete or to to add something to the concrete, but. You know, I, I start thinking that eventually, somehow, whether it's through, you know, raise fundraising or whatever, we've we've got to do this to make racing safer. Well, and I, well, I, I think the time has come. Let me, let me, there's going to be situations, you have to be cognizant of cost here. We're not going to be putting our barriers everywhere. We want the high impact right. areas. Those are the places where you've got accident after accident. There are tracks I go to, people say, well, we're hitting over here. We, you know, we've, we've got multiple hits. And I won't mention the tracks, but there are tracks that have four or five places on the track that are, that are getting where, where people hit. And you've got to say to yourself, well, why don't we work on those to begin with? And then later on, if you can afford to add it on, you add on. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I just think the, t- the time is now to start talking about and, and making a plan to make these tracks safer. You know, we, we, we just saw uh, a safety demonstration from Billy Glavin here at HMS Motorsport about roll bar padding and about proper, um, you know, seat fitment and, and making sure you're you're high enough in the seat, and the belts fit properly and all of that. Um, but, you know, we haven't had a lot of conversation. I don't feel like nearly enough, at least, about making track safer. And, and uh, I love that you took the initiative to go out and build something that uh, that, that takes a step toward that. Yeah, well, we're, we're working. We work hard on it, and we're constantly developing. we got a foam barrier now that we're, we're working on, and uh, we're kind of excited about that. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, I see the foam blocks that Oswego uses. I think they're, I think Billy Colton uh, from Western New York actually was the one who invented the foam block uh uh, that uh, Oswego uses, and they're about a, I think a buck fifty a block or whatever, something like that, a hundred bucks, hundred fifty bucks a block. Um, and I've seen the the difference in how they save not only damage to the cars, but you know injury and drivers' lives. And I think uh, anything we can do that uh, makes racing safer is a good thing. And uh, I definitely look forward to. Uh, to seeing how your foam system works. And uh, we're going to ask you to hold on, if you would, through the break. And when we come back, we're going to talk more with R.J. Valentine. And uh, we're continuing to be live from HMS Motorsport here in Mooresville, New York. You're listening to Mooresville, North Carolina. (laughs) I just moved us about uh, 12 hours north. You are listening to the Stock Car Show here on the Performance Motorsports Network. Stay with us. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, 
BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speeds, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes. On Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of Monster Energy NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, Camping World Truck, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schroep Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on only one thing, making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina and Danvers, Massachusetts, the HMS staff is always ready to take the time to help you find the right product for your safety needs. Don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop in to HMS Motorsport. Visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com or send them a message on Facebook and tell them the folks from PMN Radio sent you. Hi, this is John Andrasik of Five for Fighting, here for RAD the entertainment industry's voice for road safety. You know, style is a personal thing, and your lifestyle is your business. But if you take it on the road, it becomes everybody's business. So please, plan ahead, designate before you celebrate. Friends, don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Cole Custer, and you're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show, broadcasting live from HMS Motorsport in Mooresville, North Carolina. <laughs> Tom Baker, Jacob Seelman, Ryan Vargas still hanging around with us as well. We're going to hear more uh, from Ryan here in our lightning round to have a little fun. And right now we're talking with RJ Valentine who manufactured, uh, created the Impact Safety Systems, which is uh, a track barrier system. And, RJ, I know that you talked about witnessing some crashes, and that was kind of your impetus to uh, go ahead and look into the development of what became Impact Safety Systems. But can you kind of walk us through the process of development of something like this? Because I'm always fascinated by, okay, I have an idea. Now, how did you go from having the idea and wanting to do something to actually making this a reality? All right. Well, 
I think the big, the big motivation for me was seeing how hard vehicles hit, no matter what they were. They were Grand yeah. National stock cars or Formula cars or road race cars or dragsters. I, I always I said to myself, why, why did they design a track that doesn't have a lot of runoff in a lot of cases? Right. Uh, and they have, you know, they have something that you come to an abrupt stop. I mean, not an abrupt, but a, I mean, terminal. I mean, it's so I said to myself, well, um, I've been thinking I was thinking about it. I ended up going to the to, to a uh, boat show in Fort Lauderdale. And there was a guy there and he was selling floats that held up docks. So whenever I started talking to the guy and he was wasn't forthcoming about where he, we got them. So I finally I found out through a, you know, through some some back, you know, I was in the investigations business, so so, so some backroom footwork. I found a company up in Minnesota that made them, and I worked with them, and I said, look, I got a design in my mind, and they said, could you draw it? I drew it, and then I had an engineer look at it, and then what we did is we put some ribs in it, and we put the pins in it, and that's how it all started. And we started off with cot barriers, and then I said, well, if we're building cot barriers, we can build bigger barriers, the thicker, thicker plastic. Now, you know, when you talked about foam a little bit earlier, what we can do is we can put any consistency of any one of one of four foams, you know, from very soft to pretty hot. You know, the second and third ones, are, you know, are about a medium. So when you hit it, it absorbs the energy, and it'll go in six to ten inches and then return to form. So if you, if you do it, what we do is we have uh, single, double, and triple depth. So that if, if it's a very high-speed turn, we'll put two and three deep. And, uh, you know, you, you separate them, you move them, up, you, you, you space them. So when you, move, when you hit them, it's a, you know, like I say, it's a, when I say a gradual hit, it's probably a bad word to use. But what it does is it's, it's, it's fast absorption. And, and, move, and it moves, and, and the vehicle moves with the barrier, and the end result is not anywhere near it. It would be with hitting a, a hot object. Now, how long did it take you from conception until you actually had uh, the, the first set, you well, might say, or the first question. product? Good question. You know, from the time I can't conceive of that I was going to go forward and do it, I, I thought about it for about a year. And then once I, once I did it, okay, about six months, you know, to build a cot barrier. And when I had the cot barrier, I did, you know, a finite element test. And then, uh, you know, we we started selling. We've sold out of a million six hundred thousand of the cot barriers wow. all over the world, and uh, they worked very well. We, you know, we have a, you know, two, I own, you know, two tracks: one here in Massachusetts and one in at New Jersey Motorsports Park, which I'm a, a partner in. And when you hit, you know, when they were hitting, they moved, and and people saw what was going on. They they couldn't they couldn't use hay bales and they couldn't use tires because you know, listen, in a, if a car, cart hits a tire, it, it, you know, the tire wins. With ours, the, the barriers move, and then we put them back in place. And then we had a big race in New Jersey, at New Jersey Motorsports Park with the Europeans. They came in, saw the barriers, and then they started ordering them. So it was like the eggplant today in Chicago. It kept get, getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And the evolution is, is that uh, we've got something, and we, we're, we're selling a lot of it. It's very interesting, and I could vouch for what happens when a 
cart hits a uh, pole tire because I did that. I uh, was very lucky that I didn't uh, get seriously injured. Had another driver about two races after me hit almost the exact same way I did and broke both of his ankles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you know, we haven't had one real serious injury at our place. You know, F1 outdoor in, in uh, yeah. Bridgewater. It's a very interesting uh, discussion when it comes to track safety because there are so many elements to it but obviously the barriers are the first uh, things that everybody kind of looks at because you know that's what uh, the race vehicles hit uh, and I'm, I'm interested to know uh, when you look at some of the other products that are out on the market and I'm not asking you to judge yours against the others or anything like that but just um, is where do you see this technology going from here and what kind of feedback do you get from the racers about your technology and well, uh, the ideas? Once they know, they know who developed them, and if they've hit them particularly and they walk away, they want to know where they came from. And I do get a lot of phone calls and, you know, from people that hit the barriers, and they said, God, you know, thank God you developed this. And they said, what's your, what's your main reason? He says, the barriers move. If I hit concrete, I, I would have destroyed the vehicle myself and probably hurt myself pretty badly or killed myself. So I get a lot of satisfaction out of that. Yeah, it's very, very good. Um, what, in terms of cost, because I know that there is at least one uh, of my friends who, who is involved with a racetrack. What, in terms of cost, if, if somebody wanted to put them, let's say we had an oval track, and let's say it was a half-mile track. We wanted to you put, know what? You know, we have a comparison chart inside the website. It depending okay. on how many feet of, of, of barrier that you're buying, okay? And uh, what is the is it a cot barrier or it's a pro-link barrier? But, you know, the footage per square foot to put tires in, it's actually cheaper to put the barriers in. And then we can go, you know, depending on how many barriers you buy, we do volume discounts. I don't want to be evasive about it, but the more barriers you buy, the cheaper it is for me to build them and the cheaper it is sure. for you to own them. But they they can go to inside, they can go to your uh, your website. Uh, and it, it's, uh, yeah. Yeah, there's, yeah, well, there's a, yeah, there's a tremendous amount of information. And, uh, yeah, and okay. if you get in the in, it, which typically happens, they get a lot of guys that are building tracks, and sometimes they, you know, they're looking for me to help them design the track, which I do. And you know, when you when you help them design a track, what what you begin to find out is that there's you can there's different ways to mitigate a turn. I mean, an abrupt L shape. Look, it, it's an L shape. Unless you get sure. a lot of tra- travel area, you know you're gonna you're gonna have a series of different accidents there. So what we try to is 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 radius the turn in a way that it it gives you the ability to be able to uh, you know to uh, uh, function. I mean, make the turn and not overcook the turn so that that you're gonna you're just gonna hit something. So design is important, and you know. You know, I'm working with a guy up in Western Massachusetts now, and I, I, he's laying the track out. I said, "Look, let's round this out. Let's do this, so let's do that." And the end result was the track's coming out a lot better. As a result, we test tested on dirt with uh, with snow tires, you know, oh, wow. uh, uh, or rain tires on a go kart, and, and, and on rain tires, we'll put them on a on a car, an old junk box to go around a track, and it, it works. Interesting. Uh, we've got. Uh... We've got just a couple minutes left here, but I want to talk about. Uh, I want you to talk about your racing a little bit uh, because you 
you've had some major wins and and uh, quite a career as a driver as well. Yeah, well, you know, um, I've been racing. I've got almost 400 pro starts, and uh, you know, in in all kinds of road racing. And you know, I've been with some great teams. I would be in W with Porsche. Uh, and, uh, you know, we won the 24 hours at Daytona in 09. We have multiple wins, uh, top 10 finishes. Uh, you know, you got TRG. We were with them up in, uh, Petaluma, California. That was the team I was with. And then I was with, uh, Tom Milner at PTG in Virginia at the BMW factory team. And, uh, I've driven in the, my, one of some of the big years were in Trans Am. Those are from, uh, say, 88 to 99 where I was racing in, in Trans Am. Those cars were 2,400 pounds. They were 750 horsepower. Um, they were, you know, they were light cars, big engines. Uh, it was it was a run. I had a great run. Well, uh, definitely have enjoyed talking with you, RJ, and look forward to future discussion on future shows here and uh, look forward to talking with you more as well uh, off air, so to speak, about uh, some of the things that we're doing with HMS Motorsport here with regard to the racer safety resource. Uh, We're excited about what that can be in terms of uh, educating racers and teams and tracks and series uh, on an ongoing basis here on the web about... uh, you know about safety so look well happy to happy to come on and give my best regards to my my dear friend joe marco who i've known for years and, well uh, let me tell you where joe is tonight joe normally uh, likes to hang out with us when we do these shows but tonight he's actually at a tony bennett concert of all things at whose concert tony bennett oh tony bennett good old tony yeah great yeah. yep tony's playing in charlotte so joe went down there and uh uh, to hear him, and uh, that was definitely a, a source of conversation yesterday when we were here filming the first few videos for the Racer Safety Resource website. But we're excited about what, what uh, you've got going on, and we thank you very much for your service. Thank you for having sport. me on. I enjoyed chatting with you. Thank you so much. Absolutely. That's RJ Valentine, and his website is uh, Impact Safety Barriers, impactsafetybarriers.com. Go check it out, see what he's developed. I've seen these things in action work very, very well, and appreciate RJ's time tonight. We're going to step aside when we come back. Lightning round time. We close with some round the table stuff here at HMS Motorsport in Mooresville, North Carolina. You're listening to the Stock Car Show on the Performance Motorsports Network. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Here at Lewis Meineke, we're more than just your average car care center. Hey, it's Dave, your neighbor from Lewis Meineke. Whether you need an oil change, brakes, tires, or anything under the hood, we've got you covered. Take advantage of our free check engine light service as well. Yes, free. And don't forget about our free shuttle service. Never stress, we'll take care of the rest. On with life. Give us a call at Lewis Meineke, 302-827-2054. Every 30 minutes, another innocent person is killed due to a drunk driver. My best friend. My brother. My poor grandchild. My sister. My father. My husband. My mom. (laughs) 
Stop these tragedies before they happen. Don't drink and drive. Do you love the sound of high revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels, new to intermediate, to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council. I'm Dalton Sargent, and you're listening to Race Talk on Performance Motorsports Network. Sarge bringing us back. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show here on the Performance Motorsports Network. We are broadcasting live from the conference room at HMS Motorsport here in Mooresville, North Carolina. Really? I wouldn't have noticed. Yeah, it's a conference area. Down to business. Uh, Definitely, yeah. A lot of business goes on here at HMS and uh, a lot of talk about motorsport safety, which is what we've spent most of the last hour basically doing. dealing with in terms of uh, roll bar padding and seat fitment and of course uh, really appreciated rj valentine coming on to talk about uh, walls and how to make tracks safer from a barrier standpoint mm-hmm. now it is time for the lightning round jacob sealman mm-hmm. is with me ryan vargas is with me chris murdoch Hello. still manning the camera we've got um, chris doing his real job tonight filming portions of this show for future use and uh, he'll be back on air with us next week looking forward to that but uh let's talk some lightning round stuff here that just doesn't sound like lightning i'm sorry <laughs> it's that's a crackle a, that's the best i can do really bad sound effect sounds more like uh, a, a, a bee or something that's buzzing around uh, well lightning doesn't ha- usually hang buzz. on hang on a minute since you mentioned a bee buzzing i want to interrupt this lightning round to send talk all of our bees? Well, unfortunately, yes. I want to actually Uh-oh. send all of our thoughts and prayers down to Texas, where A.J. Foyt is currently recovering from the second in his lifetime 
killer bee attack on his ranch in Waller, Texas earlier oh today. My. He's okay. He's going to make a full recovery. However, unfortunately, it's going to uh, cause him to miss this weekend's Mobile One 12 oh, wow. Hours of Sebring, where he was scheduled to be the Grand Marshal. So we just want to say, Super Tex, we're thinking about you. God bless you for still kicking, and we hope to see you back at the racetrack sooner rather than Absolutely. later. Absolutely. Wow, that's uh, that's not good. The uh, killer bees. Wow. Yeah, and the second time he, that he's had that happen, th- this one, I guess, it sounds like was worse than the first attack, too. So. Hard, to, hard to stop Super Tex on the racetrack, and uh, he can be pretty feisty still in the pit area. Yeah, absolutely. Killer bees, will, uh, killer bees will do that to you. Well, we certainly uh, our prayers and thoughts with uh, AJ as he continues to recover from that. That is just not even a pleasant thought to think about. No. So let's get back to the lightning round here, something a little bit more uh, fun. So, okay, we've spent a lot of time talking about Kevin Harvick over the last few weeks. I want to know, and I'm going around the table here, and actually, Chris, if you want to sit down and uh, pick up the other microphone, uh, as long as you can, as long as you trust your own cameras to be okay, um, sit down and pick it up, and we'll get you in on this as well. So... Chris Murdoch uh, will bring in uh, here in a moment, but we'll start with Ryan Vargas. Who would be your pick for the next driver to go on a streak in the NASCAR Cup Series? If there is to be a, a driver who goes on a streak next, who is it? Kyle Busch. No doubt about it. Well, Not even quick. hesitate. Jacob. No doubt about it in my mind. I mean, he's been fast all year. I mean, it's going to be it's it's going to be a matter of time before he gets his first win of the season, and then it's just going to keep happening. Okay, so I agree with Ryan in that at some point this year, Kyle Busch is going to go on a streak. However, I don't believe he's going to be the next driver to go on a streak. I actually believe the next driver to go on a streak is going to be another Ford driver who has done remarkably well this season driving a car number that we hadn't seen in the Cup Series for a while until this year. My pick for the next streaky guy, Ryan Blaney. Well, that's an interesting thought. He has been so consistent and so consistently good this year, much uh, like, well, Kyle Larson. I think once he figures out how to win, he's going to win a lot. I'm going to go to Chris, and I have the feeling Chris is going to say what I was going to say, but I'll let Chris have it first and see if we go the same place. Who are you going with? I'm going with another Penske driver, uh, but it's going to be the – I guess not the blue deuce anymore, but the white deuce. The Blanco Brad. deuce. Yeah, the of uh, Brad Kozlowski. He's been running. He's been running fairly well the, these past few seasons. He's been been under the radar, but he can quickly change that. We know Brad can quickly ch- go from off the radar to on the radar really fast. Okay, so Tom laughed, but the Blanco deuce thing is actually something Brad coined himself. Interesting. Okay, I just had heard Blanco. I don't know. That means Blanco. white in Spanish. Oh. My 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 late my late model I ran with Eshman Racing was La Flama Blanca. I see white with flames. The white flame. White the flame. white flame. I oh, got white. you. Okay. Bam. I can brush up on my Spanish. It's only been uh, probably what thirty years or so since. <laughs> hang hang on a minute. I had about thirteen weeks of it. Hang on a minute. I I think because he's sitting across from me. I, I, I'm. Wait, la- I think my math was off there, wasn't it? Yeah, not only was your math off, I think <laughs> I can make this joke since he's sitting across from me. Yeah. But you do realize you just let the Mexican show you up in the Spanish department, right? Well, that Woo! that should be yeah. how it works, shouldn't yeah. it? I mean, you know, I uh, I had 13 weeks total of Spanish oh. in seventh grade. That's it. <laughs> I even had more. French. I even had more Spanish than that. 
I know I know a couple things in French, but I could never say them on the air. So we'll we'll move forward <laughs> to my pick, okay. who is not actually the same as. But by the way, our producer Bill agrees from, with agrees Chris. with yes, Chris. Bill from the Carolina School of Broadcasting, and uh, he agrees with Chris about Brad K. I I thought you were going to go Kyle yeah, Larson, I, and that's yeah. where I'm going. I think Kyle Larson's the next driver to go on the streak. And I'll tell you the other driver that I'm waiting to sort of pop out and go, hey. I'm not out of the way yet. Chase. Martin Truex. Oh, Martin Truex. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. We, we, well. He's been fast, but we just haven't really yeah. seen him come to the front and look anything like he looked last year. Well, that's because we haven't had enough mile and a half races yet. <laughs> well, yeah. fair enough. So I guess when we go to Fontana this weekend, maybe we watch Martin Truex to a degree to maybe come out and run with Kevin Hart. Wrong, because no. Fontana's not a mile and a well, half. It's, it's, hmm. I know, but it's a bigger track, and that's usually where Martin Truex is stronger. And yeah, he ran, he ran really well there last year. Yeah. He led a lot of laps. And with Jacob's point of, of talking about Chase, I do want to say the best finish that he had this season at Phoenix comes with some penalties as well. <laughs> yeah, there was that. I forgot about that, actually. Indeed. Well, talk about that. <laughs> Basically, uh, I'm not going to get into all the technical details because NASCAR uses a whole bunch of wording that always messes me. At least they got rid of encumbered. Yes, they got rid of encumbered. Good point, Vargas. Cucumbered. Um, Cucumbered. That's my phrase. So it's a whole bunch of pieces in the rear suspension that Hendrick Motorsports cars have had issues with in the past. Yeah, shocker. (laughs) I'm shocked. Um, That's basically where that comes down to. It's a rear suspension violation that came with a 25-point deduction, two-race suspension for the car chief, and I believe either $25,000 or $50,000 fine for crew chief Alan Gustafson. Digging. Chase, like the best of the Hendrick cars, kind of the last. No, he not kind of. He other than getting other than getting cleaned out at Phoenix by Kurt Busch, he was the best of the Hendrick cars. Period. The best wasn't really that great. No, actually, Chase was running fifth to seventh all day. Well, at, at but again, you, I think you mean Vegas that he got cleaned. Yeah, Vegas. Cleaned out of That's Vegas, right. It was Phoenix, Vegas. But, but fifth to seventh is not great, especially by Hendrick standards. So when, when you're not legal and the best you can do is fifth yeah. to seventh, you know, it's like you kind of look at that and jokingly say, try a little harder. Uh, you know, it, uh, it's it's unfortunate. Um, well, but, I'll tell you what's unfortunate is the fact that we're talking about a top 10 finish in the Cup Series, the top level of stock car racing in North America being not good. It's hard to finish in the top 10 in a Cup race. Well, it is. But again, when you've set the bar as high as Hendrick Motorsports has, and, you know, one of the things that I find interesting right now about the the cup series and really all of the the national series is with this new hawkeye system they've got Mm -hmm. it seems like it's made quite a difference but yes yet at the same time you see you know it it, it's that phrase my grandfather used to use i'm hearing old songs again and you know we've heard this before what chase happened went through here we've heard this before from hendrick motorsports this is not a new thing so i don't think you can blame the hawkeye for this one no not at all not yeah. at all. Interesting stuff. Okay. Uh, right. Did you? Oh, no, no, no. Okay. I, I Next thought you were going to make a point. Next question. lightning round topic here. Okay. I'm going to, to, to go straight to the K&N series here. Uh, East, West, or both? West. Now, and, and Ryan may be able to cheat slightly because he was kind of checking some things out earlier as far as what's going on. As this show airs live, they are racing at Kern County 
Kevin Harvick competing in the K&N West series. So, we're, Ryan, I'm going to leave you on your honor here. If, if, if you haven't paid attention lately, then fine, you can play. If not, bow out. But chances that Kevin Harvick does not win tonight's K&M Pro Series West race at Kern County. Well, Murdoch. I feel like there's some there's some shady implications in there since you're at, I'd say a, a maybe a, a, a 25. 25% chance he does not win. Jacob. I actually go 50-50 here, and I'll tell you why. Because I think there's an equal chance that somebody will wreck him as oh. Whoa. there is that Kevin will <laughs> just run implying, off and Jake? leave. <laughs> the, <laughs> that the only drive you implying somebody doesn't want the cup guy to win the K and N race. No, I would never imply that. Would I? Yeah, That's... actually I would. And I'm going to be clear here. <laughs> it is a short track. Bumpers will be used. And you know what? Somebody that I think owes Kevin Harvick a little something, not from a vengeance standpoint, but from a, oh, I finished drop a name. from, a, from a, I finished second to you. And I really want that last spot. Good old Will, Will Rogers. <laughs> Will Rogers. <laughs> yeah. okay, now that Ryan's got me cracking up. No, seriously Will though, Rogers keep an eye on know, Will Rogers. Keep an eye on Will Rogers tonight. I believe he's going to have something to prove. And if anybody is going to out race Kevin Harvick, Will Rogers is that guy. I have multiple picks for this race, not just Kevin Harvick. That's and true. I will add, no, I, 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 hang on. Here's my reasoning. Yes, Kevin Harvick, and I'm going to agree with you on your percentage, 50-50. It's going to be Harvick versus the field. That's okay. what it's going to be like. Fair. Here's, here are the guys that I, I would say are going to be competitors. Ryan Partridge, Derek Thorne, Derek Krause, Cole Rouse, and good old Will Rogers. Because, I mean, you see, I've I've been watching the practice times la- from yesterday. Will has been fast. Yeah. Thorne's been fast. Partridge has been fast. I mean, there's so many good cars out there today. I mean, if anyone can dethrone the BMR domination that we saw last year, it'll either be a Harvick or a Sunrise Ford car. Fair. Okay, so very quickly, percentage, chance. He said 50-50. You said 50-50. He agreed. Harvick versus the field. So we have a 25, a 50-50, a 50-50. And my, my, my percentage that Kevin Harvick does does not win tonight's K&N Pro West Four? Series race, I like it. 4% chance that Harvick does not win. I'll go with that. I uh, think he's got four on the car tonight, too, if yep, I remember yeah, right. Yep. Yeah, I just... Uh, Number that, four, that, JPR. That's sort of like Kyle Busch in an Xfinity race. 90% of the The difference time. is you're on a bullring short track. That's true. Just saying. Good luck to... Of course, he ran last year. Fair Bumpers enough. will be used. Good luck to all my buddies running in Kern, though, with the, with the K&N and the late models. I'm rooting you guys all on. I just want to say before we uh, put a bow on this show, I'm really glad to see uh, the the Sunrise Ford lineup for this year, and yes. definitely yes. to, uh, to yes, see yes, Ryan yes, Partridge yes, yes, back in a car. Yes, 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 yes. And and Derek Thorne too. Both of those yes, guys yes, have yes, had yes, success yes. with this team in yes. the past, and as yes, bubbly Ryan. Yeah, we did. I, if anybody's going to be. They've proven they can win a championship before, and I believe they will again. You got Quickly, the best Ryan. late model driver on the West Coast, Ryan Partridge. You got the best Spears SRL le- super late model driver, Derek Thorne. Who's won they, a championship Who's won before. a championship. They are going to be a powerhouse this year. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very interesting. So, 
first we want to say thanks to Joe Marco, Billy Glavin, and all the staff at HMS Motorsport for housing us again. Yes, Austin's back there somewhere, probably getting into more trouble than we need to know about. He's our official gaffer. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he provided the extension cord. Yes, he did. Yeah. Yes, he did. But we appreciate all the staff here at HMS Motorsport for putting us up again tonight. And if you have a safety need, check out either of their locations in Danvers, Massachusetts, or right here in Mooresville, North Carolina, Race City, USA, for all your racing safety needs. Also, a special thanks to Mike Garrity, Megan Kolb, and the staff at Three Wide Life for their help on social media, as well as Bob Steele, Sue Mason, Bill Holt from the Carolina School of Broadcasting Behind the Glass, and the fine folks at PMN that make this show possible and keep us on the air each and every Thursday night. That is where you can, when you can find us here on PMN, Thursday nights, 7 p.m. Eastern, for the Stock Car Show. Right now, though, for Chris Murdoch, Ryan Vargas, Tom Baker, I'm Jacob Seelman reminding you to keep it off the wall. And, folks, if you're headed to a racetrack, we might just see you there. Oh, by the way, last parting thought here, NASCAR Modifieds, Myrtle Beach Speedway, Saturday Woo. afternoon. Be there if you're in Woo-hoo. the area. That is going to be a show. So, with that, until then, good, good night. night. You've been listening to the Stock Car Show on the Performance Motorsports Network. Stay tuned to Performance Motorsports Network for more race talk. For the latest motorsports news, visit racechaseronline.com. The Stock Car Show is a copyrighted production of the Performance Motorsports Network. www.performancemotorsportsnetwork.com A member of the Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated and may not be rebroadcast, replicated, or saved in any media without the explicit written permission of PMN. Check out our Facebook page or our section on the PMN website. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host, co-host, and guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the management and ownership of either the Performance Motorsports Network or Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated. The advertising or the marketing partners. Be listening again next week when the Stock Car Show returns on Thursday night at 7 Eastern. Until then, stay tuned for more great motorsports programming on the Performance Motorsports Network.